We finish up today about our series we're doing about God's strength made perfect in our weakness. I'm in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 3, uh, 23, verse 3. It says that God is saying the Ammonites and the Moabites shall not enter the assembly of the Lord even to the 10th generation. Verse 4 tells us why. It says, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and were traveling through the Sinai desert on their way to the promised land, neither the Ammonites nor the Moabites offered them bread and water, and they also hired the false prophet Balaam to curse Israel. Now look at verse 5. Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you. Yeah. Come on, Lord. See, the devil is trying to curse us. He hates us because we're worshipers and servants of the Most High God. Satan was once the archangel over the throne of God as the chief worshiper, but no more. And he's trying to curse us and kill us because God loves us. But God says, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Now, yeah, people issue curses. The enemy attacks us. All kinds of things happen to us through life. But God is the God who loves us, and he will turn that curse into a blessing. Now, you may not feel like it sometimes, but he loves you anyway. Anybody but me ever feel unloved by God, unworthy? It didn't bother God at all. He still loves me. You, you might say, you old ugly thing, but I love you. Okay, so God can turn a victim into a victor. There are people here this morning that have been victims. Some of you have been treated cruelly. Some of you have been betrayed. Some of you have been abused. But God can turn a victim into a victor. And God can turn a whiner into a winner. He can. So some of you complain all the time. But God can turn your complaining into praising. Just press on through it. Everybody goes through a bad time. Everybody has a bad day. But don't make a bad life out of a bad day. Don't make a bad year out of a bad week. Go on through it. I'll come out of this thing. God will bring you through it, all right? And believe God can turn you into a winner. I believe that with all my heart. You can have victory over that curse. Now, the Spirit of Christ can go where no man can ever go. He can go into your emotions. He can go into your mind, into your heart. He not only saves your soul, but he can bring you victory over all the things that have happened to you. In fact, Scripture says he can turn the heart of a king any way he wants, whether that king knows him or not. God, don't limit what God can do. Now, let's, talk, let's take a look at some of these victories God brought to people in their weakness, in their mess, in their distress. Number one, God turned it around for Joseph. Joseph was daddy's favorite, and his brothers were jealous of him. Get jealousy out of your heart. Get it out. Jealousy digs the mud that envy throws its success. Yeah, it tells more about you than the person you're speaking ill of. 
So we're to rejoice with those whom God has blessed. You heard somebody got a new home or somebody got a new car or somebody got a promotion or something. Well, rejoice with them. Don't say, well, I deserve it more than them. Well, I've been here longer than them. Rejoice with them and weep with those who weep. I mean, I'm in the same line. If Percy gets a big blessing, I'm going to rejoice with Percy. I hope the Lord will find me in that line. Yeah, please do that. Don't, don't try to justify why you're more worthy of receiving that blessing than they are. Well, God filled Joseph with dreams. He told his brothers about his dreams. That was a mistake. And they became even more envious and jealous. Finally, you know, they threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery. He's taken into Egypt, ended up in Pontifer's house. While in Pontifer's house, Pontifer's wife tried to seduce him, but Joseph held on to his convictions and refused. Joseph ran from the very presence of temptation. She accused him of trying to seduce her. Pontifer believed his wife. So Joseph goes from Pontifer's house to a prison. But watch God turn this victim into a victor. And what God did for Joseph, he can do for you and he can do for me. Now, I'm sure it didn't seem like overnight, but literally in one night after 17 years, Joseph is in prison. The next day, he's in the palace from a pit to the palace in one day. One day, he's a prisoner. The next day, he's prime minister of Egypt. How can that be? God turned it around. God had a plan, and he used the wrath of man he used the injustice of man to position a man for promotion. Sometimes I think God, not always, but sometimes he'd like to say, would you shut up? I am working out something really good for you out here. And I'm using some of these bad people and circumstances to position you for promotion. Stop your thumb sucking whining. I'm God. I'm Lord. I love you. Hang on for the ride. Buckle up. Put your seat back trays in the upright locked position. Dear Lord. See, God can take a tragedy and turn it into a triumph. Joseph was a prisoner in a dungeon. That'll make him bitter, you think? The Bible says God was with him. I noticed that verse. Over and over in these bad circumstances, God will pitch a little sentence in. But God was with Joseph. Do you know God is with you right now in your pit, wherever you may be, or in some bad news you've received about hell? He didn't leave the building like Elvis. He's here. And he says he will never leave you and never forsake you. But God was letting us know, Joseph couldn't read it, hadn't been written yet, that he was right there directing the life and circumstances of Joseph. That encourages me when I feel like I'm all alone. It ought to encourage you, see? So God was with him, and in one night, God makes him second in command of all Egypt. Genesis 41, verse 40. This is Pharaoh talking to Joseph. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne of Egypt will I be greater than you. Wow. Our God can turn it around. Now, I know maybe some of you are discouraged, but whatever prison Satan has you in, God can get you out in one night, 
in one night, one day. You just don't know when, right? There are people here today, maybe you're in a prison. Maybe you're chained and bound to certain addictions or habits. But I'm telling you by the authority of God's word, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You start screaming that. Fight. Quit whining, but fight. And when you fight, quote God's word. And you do it. How long do I do it? Till you get free. Don't be a good loser. Stop it. See, God is such an incredibly good God that he doesn't want to leave any of us in prison. He sets the captive free. He wants to turn it around and get us up and get us out. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power an outstretched arm. There is absolutely nothing too hard for you. Yeah, I don't care what your hairdresser said. I don't care what a couple of your pals said. I'm telling you, God said, ain't nothing too hard for me. Not too hard. In fact, he specializes in impossible situations. He can turn your mess into a miracle overnight. Everybody watching, everybody in this room, we've all had setbacks in our lives. But as we move forward on this journey of life, the enemy will try and sabotage our destinies. But listen, God can turn my setback into a comeback. Never is, have I gone too far. Never is it too bad. So when the devil tries to kill you, God can take that tombstone and make it a stepping stone and take it higher than you've ever been before. Satan wants to put you down. God wants to lift you up. God can turn it around for you. Secondly, God turned it around for Moses. Moses was spared when he was a baby, and God's hand was upon that child. Listen to Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren, that the enslaved Israelites, and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. So we see where Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And when he thought nobody's looking at him, he took the Egyptian and sent him on home. And when Pharaoh found out, Moses, out of fear, flees into the wilderness. He left his adopted family. He left his adopted people. He left his position of royalty in the palace. One day, 40 years later, one day, God is really not impressed or worried about your age or how long. Not worried at all. He can, delay, he can hold off your aging process. If he can stop the sun, he can, he can give you a baby at 100. If, if that's part of his promise to you, it's not a hard problem. Just not a hard problem. Get your God bigger. Magnify the Lord. Get, see him a lot bigger. Come on. You've been hanging around a bunch of peep squeak, little miniature pygmies of a God with people. Get around people, got a bigger God. Be, be encouraged, stretch, you know. So one day he's tending his father-in-law's sheep. What a joyful position. And by the way, let me add this from theology. He's going to have to lead a couple of million Hebrews through the desert. 
for 40 years. So where's he getting his experience? Well, he got all of his skills in Egypt in leadership, but working in a desert, 40 years with sheep, that'll teach you a lot when you start leading people. God was using every bit of the mess he was in as material for his great future. Don't waste your sorrow. Don't waste your pain. The mesh, learn from it. Learn, take, get some wisdom out of the place you're in and use it later on. People say, well, I don't, I don't have much experience. Well, you need to fail some more. That's how you get experience. Say, boy, I won't do that again. I learned from that. Anybody but me ever learned from, well, that was not a good choice. You're not going to do that again. I hope so. You can learn that in business. You can learn it in marriage. You can learn it in life. So he's keeping his father-in-law sheep. God appeared to Moses out of a burning bush. Exodus 3, verse 10, God told him he's going to make Moses the deserter into Moses the deliverer. So God can take the biggest loser in this house and turn you into the greatest leader in the church. Only God can do that. God can take, we know, the foolish things of this earth and confound the wisdom of the wise. He can turn it around. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. See, all of us go through tests. I don't like tests. I particularly don't like pop quizzes. Do you? Well, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Well, God did, right? God can take a test and turn it into a testimony. You can't have a testimony if you don't have a test. I can't tell you God is a healer if I haven't had a need for his healing. I can't tell you he's a deliverer. I can't tell you he's a comforter unless I've been through that. I'm just talking. But if I've been through it, there's some emotion behind that and some life in the words that I bring you. God can take the biggest battle you've ever been in and turn it around into a blessing. Third thought, God turned it around for David. David was a sheep puncher and a harp plucker. God chooses unusual people. Then the prophet Samuel comes and anoints David to be king. Now, Saul was the current king. He had the position, but he didn't have the anointing. David had the anointing, but he didn't have the position. For 40 days, a giant was out there mocking Saul and the army of Israel. And God takes this shepherd boy from the backside of the desert and brings him right to Saul's camp. Every man was afraid to take on the giant, even Saul himself. So David steps up, and in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, it says, he's talking to Goliath. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and take your head from you. So with a sling and one stone, he hits Goliath in the forehead, knocking him out. He falls flat on his face, David takes Goliath's large sword, cuts off his head, and wins the battle. God turned the battle into a blessing for that little shepherd boy. Then the people began to sing. And look at what they sang in 1 Samuel 18, verse 7. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens thousands. And all of a sudden, this unknown David is the talk of the town. The battle becomes a blessing. 
the, the test becomes a testimony, and David becomes the king of Israel. It was all a process. God even used the battle to give him promotion. You just don't know what God's up to in any situation you're going through. You don't know. God took a shepherd boy, made him a king. I wonder what God can make out of you or me, right? Some of you are in a big battle, but I believe God can take your big battle and turn it around. Make it your biggest blessing if you don't quit. Sometimes it's just not quitting that brings the victory. You just endured. You have need of endurance that after you've done the will of God, you might obtain the promise. Endurance. That's, that's what you have when everything in your body says, give up, quit. It's not going to work. You're not going to make it. Endurance, you press on. And most people don't. That's when they bow down and quit. See, one day, your test is going to be your greatest testimony because God's going to turn it around for you. God can turn your mess into a miracle. You know, some of the messes we get into are our own fault. Amen? Yeah, yeah. And we get into messes often because of our choices. But sometimes our messes are not our fault. And really, it doesn't matter who caused it. God can, can heal it, fix it, and still give you victory, right? Take responsibility. God can still turn it around. Fourth, God turned it around for Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are thrown into jail because they cast a demon out of a fortune teller. And can I say this in, in this city? Uh, don't go to a fortune teller. Don't let somebody read your palm. A demon was giving a woman the ability to forecast the future. The problem with that is God can override it. All right? So you can't take that as fact. Secondly, if you read a lot of scripture in the Old Testament, God curses you for doing that. Don't allow the enemy access to your life by going to a fortune teller. I'll tell you your fortune by reading God's word. You are blessed and highly favored. God is with you. God will never forsake you. You are more than a, 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 a victor through Christ who strengthens you. I don't need somebody with a bandana and some cards to tell me my future. I'm sorry, but you allow the enemy to hurt you. Don't do that. So they cast that demon out. Now she could, I was thinking, that could have happened to Miss Cleo. Call me now. Anybody remember Miss Cleo? Yeah, she should have seen her future coming, but she didn't. All right. In Acts 16, verse 16, it says, Now it happened as we, Paul and Silas, went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a demon of divination, met us. And she brought her masters a lot of money by fortune telling. Paul rebuked that demon and cast it out of her. Her owners got so upset, they went before the magistrates, dragged Paul and Silas with them, beat them, and threw them into prison. Their backs are still bleeding, their hands and feet are shackled, and it's midnight. Now, sometimes people act like midnight is the darkest part of the night. But when midnight comes, an old day is passing away and a new day is coming. Let me pause and say this. If you read Genesis, it says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, we count it differently. We count the morning the new day 
God counts the night the beginning of a new thing, a new day. So when the lights go out, it's not over. It's the announcement, something new is coming. Something new is on the way. And so here they are praising God and singing at midnight. Something old is passing away. God's getting ready to do a new thing in that jail. That jailhouse is getting ready to rock. Verse 25, so here Paul and Silas, it says, praying and singing hymns to God. So if we can turn our problems into praise, even in the midst of it when we don't feel like it, you can create something that will happen of notable power. These men have been beaten. They're in a mess. They really haven't done anything wrong. But suddenly the prison begins to shake, and everybody's prison doors are opened. So when God turns your mess into a miracle, it not only will affect you, but it affects those around you watching. Everyone's prison doors were open. Everyone's chains, their chains were broken off. God heard these men of God praise, and then something happened. The earth began to shake. In verse 26, it says, and immediately all the doors were opened and everybody's chains were broken. So everybody's affected when God began to turn it around for Saul and Silas. And this jailer who had been asleep woke up and realized what had happened. He pulled out his sword and was about to kill himself because they would execute him in Rome anyway for letting the prisoners escape. But Paul said, hey, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And then the jailer cried out, well, what must I do to be saved? That jailer had been hearing Paul and Silas pray, honor Jesus, magnify him. He knew something was different. And when he saw what God did to intervene, he said, hey, what must I do to be saved? Well, he gets saved. He takes Paul and Silas to his home for some food and medical treatment. And then the whole family gets saved. God turned it around for Paul and Silas at midnight. <clears throat> and it's not as bad as it can get. And when it is, get ready with some expectancy. God's about to do something different and new. God's going to turn it around for you in the midnight hour. Makes me think about Wilson Pickett. The midnight hour. People just look at you dumb. They, don't y'all ever hear any music? My goodness sake. What'd you grow up with? Beethoven? What? Right? When you think it's not going to happen, when others tell you it can't happen, you hold on by faith. It may be, it may be tough. It may feel terrible. You hold on. You endure. God will move and turn your mess into a miracle. Don't bail on him. God can turn your problem into a promotion. In Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I actually believe that. All things are possible with God. In Acts 9, Saul, who becomes the apostle Paul, was on a mission to persecute the church and arrest believers. But on the Damascus road, on his way to arrest and persecute believers, the power of God appears to him, knocks him off his horse, and blinds him. Sometimes God uses unusual things to get our attention. And the light of God hits Saul. He goes to his knees, and God turns this oppressor into an apostle. He turned the persecutor into a prophet in one moment. 
amazing, absolutely amazing. I stand amazed that God would take somebody attacking the church, imprisoning Christians, and turn it around for them. Then turn them into an apostle and a prophet for God. He became the greatest church builder and apostle in the New Testament. This guy wanting to persecute, arrest, and kill believers. God then tells a man named Ananias to go to Damascus and lay his hands on Saul. So it says in verse 15, God says to Ananias, You go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. God will take the one you don't think he could ever use the one you don't think has a chance, and turn them into a spokesman for God. <laughs> Remember, our ways aren't God's ways. Our thoughts aren't even equal to God's thoughts. God loves hard cases. Why? Because he gets the glory. Nobody but God could have done it. Now, we all have obstacles that get in our way, and the size of the obstacle is going to be different for different people. But I'm telling you, God can turn an obstacle into an opportunity. God will use our obstacles as opportunities to witness to others. God can turn a sinner into a saint. A woman's caught in the act of adultery. She's brought before Jesus and her accusers. And they want her to be stoned. In John chapter 8, verse 7, Jesus says, Okay, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Then he knelt down and began to write on the ground. When he got back up, nobody was around. Everybody had left the building. In verse 10, Jesus says, woman, where are your accusers? She said, well, they all went back to church. <laughs> he said, they've all left. And Jesus turned a sinner into a saint. He said, neither do I condemn you. You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. He wasn't condoning behavior. He was forgiving it. In John 4, he's sitting at a well. Here's Jesus sitting at a well, and a Samaritan woman comes to get water. And Jesus starts up a conversation with her. She's been married five times and is living with a guy, not her husband. It, <laughs> poor old girl, she hadn't learned anything, has she, huh? And then Jesus says, do you know that my father is looking for worshipers? God can turn a wayward woman into a worshiper. And when she realizes who he is, the Messiah, she runs into town and begins to witness to everybody. In verse 28 and 29, she says, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'd want to go out and meet somebody who could tell me everything I've ever done. But she's excited about it because she realizes she is forgiven. Verse 39 says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him because of the word of the woman who testified. Wow. God not only turned this wayward woman into a worshiper, he turned her mess into a miracle and made her a witness. Tell your story. to me. You don't have to be a theologian. Just say, here's who I was. This is the situation. Here's where I met Jesus. Here's what he's done for me. People always will listen to your story, right? Look at the picture on the screen. That's a drug dealer and a convicted drug felon, Casey Treat, as he is booked and fingerprinted in prison. That's the new Casey Treat 
on the right who'll be here next weekend for my birthday. God turned that loser into a winner. Now, it wasn't, I mean, he got saved in a second, but the journey, we're still on the journey together. And God can do that for you. And you're the, especially, you're the one they counted out. You're the one nobody, nobody picked him in his family. Nobody picked him in school and said, you're going to be, you're going to build a great church in the Pacific Northwest. You're going to be a winner. You're going to influence a few million people. You're going to travel globally. You're going to be the, nobody. He's booked and shoved in with the rest of the crowd of losers. No hope, no future, not possible to change. And an African-American ex-Marine who held the Drug Rehabilitation Center in prison said, Big Red, you can change. You can change. And I want to say that to everybody watching, everybody in this room. Whatever situation you're in, you can change by the power of God. Your situation can change. Everything can change. This is the God that we serve. Nothing is too hard for him. And I hope you'll make plans to be with us next week and bring somebody who needs encouragement. So what can he do with you? What can he do with me? May God help us to see our obstacles as opportunities and may God turn your mess into a miracle. God can turn it around for you. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.